a big warm welcome to another flash fiction episode of Bear Books Podcast with me, Daisy Ray, all on my lonesome on this episode. April was kidnapped by aliens, but they brought her back because they didn't want to keep her. She's far too much trouble. Just kidding. She's having technical issues and the neighbours are digging up the drive or having new paving blocks fitted or some such that has caused her to have absolutely no internet access whatsoever. I'll be bringing you my take on this episode's writing prompt, which is The Scam. And I will also read you April and I's top choice from the submissions that you all sent in. And that was from Jerry O'Keefe. So without further ado, and for your listening pleasure, this is the first of today's two flash fiction stories. It's called Karma by yours truly. It's said that karma refers to the spiritual principle of cause and effect, where the intent and actions of a person directly influences their future. Good intent and good deeds contribute to good karma and happier rebirths, while bad intent and bad deeds, well, let's just see where that goes. Let me introduce John. On some deep, almost forgotten level, John believes in karma, or he used to, before it was more convenient to forget it. As a child, he'd grown up with it being a big part of his family's beliefs and it always made a kind of perfect sense to him. As a still relatively young 36-year-old, those philosophies he'd grown up with had slipped his mind somewhere along the line. We can find John sitting in his favourite blood-red Chesterfield armchair his feet propped up on a matching footstool with a warm tartan throw over his legs to keep off the autumn chill. Despite the heat emanating from the open fire, John feels the cold running right through to his bones. But honestly, that's probably more about his current state of mind. You see, he's just received a call from his doctor, with the kind of news no one ever wants to hear, and it's triggering a worrying chain of thought. When it had been in school, it had a solid belief in rebirth, every living being's soul sort of recycling after death, carrying the seeds of karmic impulses from the life just completed into the next life and the next one indefinitely. The realisation of what John has done to his own future over the last decade has just hit him like a sledgehammer. Several years ago now, John and his then-wife Deborah had convinced thousands of people all over the United Kingdom that local landed gentry Lady Elizabeth Coates had died, leaving a substantial estate with no will or next of kin to inherit her fortunes. They had searched for and contacted all the people named Coates they could find. The story they told them was that they represented Lady Elizabeth's estate, and that they would stake a claim on the late heiress's estate in their name, for the comparatively small fee of just £5,000, which was a mere drop in the ocean compared to the wealth that could soon be theirs. Around 3,000 unfortunates named Coates had been gullible enough, or greedy enough, as John had believed, to part with their hard-earned money. They had practically been queuing up to give their money away to John and Deborah, It was such an easy lie to sell. The Coates family name was a noble one, of English heritage on the Staffordshire borders. 
a family so private that no one really knew the actual story behind their lives or their wealth. John and Deborah had quietly run this scam over several years, until they had bought the house of their dreams and had sufficient money to live the life they'd wished to become accustomed to. John now sat trying to wrap his already muddy and preoccupied mind around potentially fixing the wicked deeds it had taken him years to execute. It seemed an impossible task, one akin to swimming through treacle, as his granny used to say. If Karma was a person, maybe she'd be sitting on the hearth watching John, listening to all the thoughts flying through his self-serving panicked mind. She'd be shaking her head in sorrow. Attempting to make amends or reparation to atone for one's sins requires remorse. A belief of wrongdoing, not an egocentric, self-absorbed need to buy oneself a comfortable time in the next life. Karma is creating havoc for what is left of John's future in this life, as well as his future lives. The next 3,000 of which he has every right to be worried about. up next we've got a really clever flash fiction story written for this prompt by Jerry O'Keefe and when he sent this into submissions April and I read it and we both thought yeah that's the one (laughs) this is going to appeal to parents everywhere if your kids have got their heads buried in games constantly you are going to love this one very cleverly written here it is then Mother sat at the dinner table, tucking into her favourite chunky crispy chips, covered in golden yellow yolk from her fried egg, listening to her twins Tracy and Tom, both mad into computer games, discussing the latest state-of-the-art virtual reality game. They were excited about its daring escape rooms with all kinds of puzzles to solve, with fire and falling debris to add to the drama when the game became time-critical. The high definition makes it as real as you could get too, said Tracy. Especially when deep sea diving or on archaeological digs or jungle expeditions, Tom replied excitedly. Their father wasn't in the picture. He'd left when they were still babies, so mother compensated by spoiling them rotten. Which they took full advantage of on a regular basis. You could even say they scammed their mother by pretending to get into scrapes and fights or so-called accidents. Tracy had been studying movie makeup and could create quite impressive fake cuts and bruises, while Tom learnt how to fall off bikes or ladders etc, or even trip over objects without actually hurting himself. They were a great double act. They could make it in show business someday. They had a birthday coming up and they knew if they talked the new game up where Mother could overhear, she'd think it was a great idea. And just as expected, there she was listening to every word. This was perfect. So they put the next part of their devious plan into action to claim their biggest prize yet. While eating their egg and chips, they both curled up in pain, groaning right on cue, then raced out of the room. Tracy to the upstairs bathroom and Tom to the downstairs loo. With both doors quickly locked, horrible noises began reverberating throughout the entire house. Mother sat horrified, yolk-covered chip hovering by her mouth. She dropped her fork, thinking she'd poisoned them and pushed her plate away. 
when the noises finally stopped and Tracy and Tom staggered out of their respective bathrooms, Mother fussed over them, hugging them tightly, apologising profusely, promising to make it up to them. The terrible twins had beaming smiles on their faces, hidden behind their mother's hugs, knowing their plan had worked. On the morning of the twins' birthday, they excitedly ran downstairs, ignoring the huge happy birthday banner and balloons that decorated the walls of the staircase, to find an enormous bow across the spare room doorway. Mother was standing outside the door holding a pair of scissors to cut the ribbon to their birthday surprise. With bated breath and bubbling excitement, they cut the ribbon and opened the door to discover a room full of magic and wonder. They could see steps to climb, tunnels to crawl through, a raised pool that would create water effects, a treasure chest filled with sweets and other treasures to search through. There were doorways to open with combination locks to solve, and in the middle of the room was a sofa equipped with all the latest games tech, remote controls and virtual reality headsets, and all facing a painted white wall their new games could be projected onto. As well as all this, there was a cabinet containing all the latest games consoles and the brand new game they'd scammed their mother for. They hugged her so tight they couldn't believe they'd pulled this off. Over the next few weeks and months, they enjoyed their new games room, playing each new game, solving each hurdle and adventure along the way, moving gleefully onto each new challenge with grit and determination, finding them harder and more physically demanding every time. They were feeling happily exhausted at the end of each gaming session, and a little guilty too, because after an afternoon of gaming, they'd leave their room in a complete mess and go back and find it all clean and tidy. Or after dinner they'd finish their game to find the kitchen all cleaned up. Another afternoon, they'd look out the window to find the gardening all done too. Mother must do all this work on her own while we're having all this fun, Tracy said to Tom, feeling guilty. Then one morning, while she was on a treasure hunt with a metal detector and finding gold, Tracy, in her excitement, knocked off her virtual reality headset to find, in fact, she was vacuuming the living room floor. She looked over at Tom, who thought he was looking for ancient artefacts, to see he was dusting and tidying the mantelpiece. Tracy stopped him, reality dawned as they stood round-eyed looking at one another. In unison they yelled, Mother! realising they were the ones being scammed now. She entered the room smiling, having been aware of their scams all along. She'd plotted a way to exact revenge, have some fun and teach them a lesson in the process. They followed her back to the games room where she showed them her tricks. The two escape room doors led to the kitchen and the garden. The pool had a soap sud dispenser in it, where they'd been washing the dishes. The steps and tunnels led to a hatch into their bedroom. Everything was rigged, set up to get all the housework done, while Mother sat with her feet up playing on her games, pile up the dishes and make my garden beautiful. How ironic was that? But that wasn't the only surprise. Oh no, Mother had invented all these games and didn't need to work any more. But by far the best thing of all for her, as the twins stood there in shock, mounts hanging open, was the joy of scamming the scammers. (laughs) 
we'd love to hear your opinion on these stories. Pop along to our social media and let us know what you think. You can be as candid as you like, we won't mind. (laughs) Well, maybe we might, it depends. (laughs) But we'd also like to know what flash fiction stories you've got inside of you. We'd love to read your stories. We're all about being a platform for indie authors, so you should use and abuse that. And if you were looking forward to listening to April's flash fiction for The Scam, you will still be able to read it in the anthology. That's my way of letting her know that she hasn't got away without writing one. We still need one. (laughs) Catch us on the next episode where hopefully April will be back up and running and back to what passes for normal in her household, where we will be bringing you two brand new reviews. Mine will be from a book written by Jeanette Taylor Ford, The Man Behind the Mask. And April is reviewing Heaven in the Moonlight by Tina Marie because she thought it would fit in with the fact that I'm reviewing a previous author too. So we're having a bit of a retro feel to the next episode, reviewing new books by previous authors. Can't wait for that. See you there. Take care. Thank you for joining us. Now you've had a listen, why not pop over and join us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Or if you want to send in your stories, email us at submissions at bearbooks.co.uk.